It seems to run on some form of electricity. Hey everyone, it's time for Geocache Talk. Whether you're at work, in the car, or wherever you are, we hope you enjoy the show. Please give it a like and subscribe to it on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play so that you can get all the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Big thanks to the Travel Bugs for the music and my patrons Doug Jones, Joshua and Caleb Slinkard, Tom Brotherman, and Jeff Arbaugh, and my new patrons... Joshua Johnson and Deborah Burris. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash geocache talk for more details. Patrons get path tags. And let me grab one. I'll show you. Path tags came in. So there's our little our first iteration of a path tag. I get to there we go. Path tag. Sometimes hard to get it to a focus, but there it is. And um, also uh, coins as we do them and other geocaching swag, as well as um, special events. And we're I'm still in the process of scheduling our first special event um, only for patrons. We're going to play a game. Um, it's the one that's always back here on the board uh, behind the behind this is. GC World, you might be able to see it. I show part of the game board, but uh, it's a lot of fun. We're going to be doing that um, hopefully this month. And anyway, support levels uh, start uh, for Patreon as little as $3 a month. So tonight we have some news from Joshua, the geocaching vlogger, and our weekly product tip. So let's jump right into show number 13 for Sunday, September 4th, as I welcome my friend WB Tim to the show. Tim, thanks for being on Geocache Talk tonight. Hey, thanks, Gary, for having me. Oh, you bet. I'm glad we uh, got to work this out and talk about some cool stuff tonight. We're going to get right into that here in a second. But what's interesting is this is related, uh, Tim, to um, what we're going to be talking about tonight, and that is um, Joshua put out uh, each month he's been doing these geo challenges, and um, this month is to become a geocaching hider. That's the September hashtag geo challenge of the month. So I think that's pretty cool. We're, uh, we're just talking about uh, being cash owners. And so here we go. We're going to have a, a challenge for September to, for everyone to go out and uh, hide uh, a geocache, hopefully uh, a quality geocache of some type. <laughs> right? That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's, he's a good man. I like Joshua. Yeah, I do too. He's great. Um, we're gonna. I'll talk at the end about. He's gonna be on the show in a few few weeks, and uh, so we'll talk about that a little bit. But enough about Joshua. We're gonna talk about Tim and the new um, Geo Trail, smart caches of Ber of Berkeley County. Correct. S C B C. Okay. Yeah, Good. I got that right. That's yep. right. Um, so. Tim, why on earth did you decide to do this particular geo trail? Well, you know, sometimes I ask myself that very same question. Um, <laughs> why did I start that? I, I think it was a, uh, it's kind of an evolution 
okay. if I look at my cash hiding, you know, my first cash, I look back at you. In fact, that question just made me think about it. my first cash was an ammo can. Right. Hey, and, that's pretty uh, good for a first, first one. Yeah. So started with a large ammo can and then put out a couple, uh, you know, lock and locks, but then, um, to, um, animals, you know, mice and, you know, oh, just yeah. any kind of animal I could find and I'd cut a hole in it and I'd stick a tube in it just sure. to be something different, just something different than the typical hide. And then I evolved from there mm-hmm. uh, to my very first gadget cache. And um, well, that's a whole story in itself. But well, I know. Uh, now, was your first one, what was your first one? My first one was actually high tech. Okay. And that's the um that's the cache it's it's actually in virginia and it's right across the west virginia line you know right where i'm at in west virginia yeah. i'm 10 minutes from maryland and 10 minutes mm-hmm. from virginia right. and uh you know half hour from washington dc right and so my very first cache was called high tech i dreamed it up myself i <laughs> thought of this good. idea of this of this birdhouse and uh then after i had that one idea Mm-hmm. I thought I love putting it out. I loved reading the logs and I said, you know what? I'm going to parlay this idea right. and try to see if people will share with me some of the ideas. So I, I knew not to, and I was still new to geocaching, but I knew not to ask people in Maryland or Virginia, you know, in my close proximity. Sure. So one of the first people I contacted was Dayspring. Yeah, I was, was in, Yeah, that was the first name I thought of. Who's in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so I sent him an email. And instead of asking if he, well, and I asked him if he would share, he'd done a series called Total Tubular. Oh, yes. And I've it's heard of still that. out, mm-hmm. very, yeah. well, very well known. Uh, in fact, he's one of the, I don't know where he's at in the, in the, in the scheme of things, but one of the top 20 geocache placers in the United States. And so he had this, these caches called total tubular. So I sent him my pictures and my ideas. And I said, Hey, here's my idea for a great gadget cache. Would you be willing to share with me your Mm -hmm. idea for total tubular? And so that resulted in some emails back and forth. He loved the idea. So he sent me some of his ideas. I sent him some of my ideas and I thought, shoot, it worked with, uh, it worked with in Seattle. So why don't I try other places? So I started writing geocachers, even in other countries, English speaking other countries and said, and I'd send him a picture of high tech and I'd say, here's the birdhouse. Here's how it works. Can you share with me your idea? And I would just search in, like, for example, Australia, find the number one cache I could find. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, I could tell I had a lot of favorites. And I'd say, can you tell me how that works? And here's my idea that you're welcome to use. So I kind of started this. So there's where I started with high tech. And so I evolved through the gadget caches. And I was kind of running out of ideas. I've always got a few down on paper. I always have the next trail listed in my computer of possible caches and brainstorms I've come up with. 
But then uh, I started just searching and I saw there's some people in the United States that are doing amazing things with this thing called Arduino. Yes. So I watched every YouTube video I could find on Arduinos. I started talking to people. I started researching and I thought, man, this is going to be the next, you know, this is going to be the next best thing. I mean, it's right. a gadget. Clearly it's a gadget, but it is really raising the bar. Wow, so I, I mean, decided amazing. that's what I want to do is I want to <laughs> go to these Arduino caches. Um, so that's kind of how I evolved. Uh, uh, it really is. Uh, it's a gadget cache on steroids. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, um, and you look back in um, so many cool ideas you've come up with and also have sort of ex inspired other people to come up with some things on their own. You know, um, there's, um, well, you've inspired me. We've talked about this before. Um, but, um, the one that I, I really, um, like, uh, um, because it's different, but you're the inspiration for it was my, uh, sundial multicache where you have to, uh, you go to stage one you take out the little uh, sundial and then the sun, you have to do it at a certain part, time of the day, part of the day. Um, it will, the shadow will fall on a color and based on that color, you go to the final and that's where you go for that. But that, that whole idea was, was basically inspired by you. And I know we've talked about, you and I have talked about before that you don't want, you don't necessarily need people to write on the cash page, but I felt that it would be good to, to, to mention you because um, it was just something that it, and the idea behind thinking, you know, the old, you know, thinking outside the box with thinking outside, uh, of the container a little bit and going, well, what, what can we do to make the coordinates pop up differently for people in this case, right. a multi. So, you know, I, I, I think that's, um, that's definitely, and you, and you, we've talked about before you really affected how people are starting to think about how to do geocaches. Yeah. Well, and that's really, you know, it's interesting because I talk with people all over the world by email. Um, and um, some people will just, you can just give them a concept and boy, they just take it and run with it. And they'll send me pictures later of the cache and they'll say, you inspired this. And I look at it and I go, you know, what I did, did I share? I mean, right. I'm like, this don't look anything like mine, but that's the beauty of it. If you can just get people thinking and, um, you know, thinking concepts like, uh, the silly concept with, um, it's a cache now that I have archived, um, that, um, oh shoot, it was at a rest stop. Now I've even forgot the name of it. Um, but it used magnets. Oh, the key is the key. He is the key. Yeah. That's a, that's a, uh, the key that's a is the key. Uh, mm -hmm. 700, almost 800 favorites. And I, when I first came up with that idea and I put it out on my YouTube uh, channel and it got copied. In fact, when the first one got copied, I thought, man, this is really cool. <laughs> so very pridefully must've been sin in my life. I started yeah. making a list. <laughs> you know, of different people that had copied it. And I thought, wow, this, this cash now is in this state or this country. Mm -hmm. Well, when the list got to 20 countries, 
I said, you know what? This is crazy because I put a lot of them on my watch list. Well, I couldn't even read them. And then oh, when, yeah. of course, you put them in Google Translator, I mean, you know, they really make no sense then because yeah. it doesn't always translate exactly. <laughs> and especially with our acronyms. So I, I finally quit keeping track. But the key is the key has been copied probably in almost every state and at least 20 countries. I kept track of it for a while. Uh, but, you know, a lot of those caches don't look anything like mine. It's just an idea of using a hidden magnet and something metallic. And yes. you can do a hundred different things with that. Yeah. And so you get some people, they'll take the concept and just run with it. But then I always get those people and I don't mind them. I don't mind them. I always get those people that watch my YouTube video and say, I didn't quite get the measurements of the side panel. Oh, you know, yes. and I'll say, well, take this concept and they go, I need the measurements. I mean, and they want to copy Perfectly, the cache. Yeah. Exactly. But you know <laughs> what? I'm all for that, too, because those people, uh, you know, they're starting off. And if we can get them starting building some of these, you know, unique caches, they start seeing some of these logs, the excitement will hit them. And maybe they've never used this all before. So if I can give them the exact measurements, you know, so be it. That's oh, fantastic. Yeah. But really what you really want to do is just get people thinking. And um, now it's cute because now I get the unsolicited emails and I got one right before the show. I just came in from church and I was looking for your email. Uh -huh. And yeah. here's an email from a person that says, hey, I just did this trail and you you're the inspiration uh look at this link and i can't wait to go look at it because now people send me pictures right. of things they've done and i look at them and sometimes i'm sitting there looking at them with my ipad and my wife will look and she'll say you know like what's that and i'll go this is one of my inspired caches and they'll go what what is it and i go i'm not really sure <laughs> i mean you don't even recognize it but that's the beauty of it because yes. if you can just take a concept then make it your own uh, that really, that's great. And so that's hopefully, I mean, that's the whole reason I started my YouTube channel. I mean, I'm sure, I mean, my YouTubes are terrible. Uh, oh, in fact, everyone's from somebody else. Well, You're, they'll send me. I like them a lot. Oh, they'll send me comments and they'll say, you should, you know, what kind of camera do you use? And I get that a lot. And, and I go, I use my iPhone. And they go, no, no, on your YouTube channel. I mean, what type of software do you use? And I go, I use an iPhone, right. uh, <laughs> you know, but I have nothing fancy. Um, I'm really just trying to get people thinking and, and, and sharing ideas because, uh, of course, you don't want to uh, key is a key in the same county. But, you know, isn't it great when we can take these concepts and share them everywhere? And, oh, and other people have great concepts they're sharing with me now. So I think the community, it's got to, the geocaching community, you know, talking more and more. And now there's Facebook pages and mm -hmm. all these, pay, uh, a lot of people are sharing stuff. And it's improving our game. It's making our game more fun. And that's really what it's all about. Yeah, you, you're exactly right. I think that um, um, Geocaching Inventors is a, one of the Facebook groups I follow because it's in, oh my gosh, there's so many uh, unbelievable things that are out there and it's, it's, um, it's got so many, so many cool ideas. I saw uh, one was on, uh, a lady was on um, Gearheads and she talked about her chessboard, but it had, it was set up in such a way that it was like a, puzzle you had to move the chess pieces a certain way 
to get the thing to, it was like a lot, it was locked, but if you moved them a certain way, the tumblers would move a certain way and it would unlock itself for you. Wow. So, you yeah. know, again, that's, uh, you know, that idea. Uh, so, um, so, um, let's, so let's step back a minute. So, um, so you, you thought you got involved, you know, and in since you said, well, Arduinos look cool. So you start looking at, um, um, the concept and, uh, so you started to kind of look at this now, when did your, um, interaction with Olaf occur? Was that before your first one or did o Olaf tell us a little about Olaf and, and how maybe how that all got started? Yeah. Olaf is a German cashier and he was following my YouTube channel. And we were talking back and forth, and I've probably got some people that I speak to often or trade emails and ask questions or ideas. And so these were with just gadget caches, nothing with the Arduino yet. Right. So he was building several, he built several of my gadget caches. And um, so in the meantime, separate from Olaf, I started looking, okay, what can I do to improve my game? and to take it to the next level. And there are several people that are masters. I mean, truly, truly very talented cache builders that have built some Arduino caches. And I look at them, and it makes my caches look bad. I mean, they're just so well done. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, boy, I've got to do that. So I, the first thing I did was I went to the bookstore and I tried to find, I went to books a million or whatever my closed sure. bookstore is. And I said, yeah. Hey, I want a book on Arduinos. Arduinos yeah. And they looked and they go, we got them, but you'd have to order. them." And so I go back to Amazon and ordered a book and I got one and I really didn't understand it real well. So I ordered another and then another. So now I've got these two or three books and I started reading and I thought, well, the first thing I've got to do is buy a kit. And they make a starter kit, an Arduino starter kit. And it's okay. really a great place to start. And there's usually uh, the Arduino kit I had, had 20. It's almost like a small science, uh, science fair project. You know, you start with this very first Arduino program, and it tells you how to program it, how to download it. And maybe all you do is turn on an LED light okay. by pushing a button. And then the next one gets a little more complicated and they build. So I saw that and I read it in two or three books and I said, okay, I'm ready to make my purchase. So I ordered it. Well, the day I ordered it, I get this email from Olaf in Germany and he goes, Hey, I think I've got this cash and I forget which one it was one of my gadgets. He goes, I think I've got to build, you know, what do you think should be my next cash? One of which one of yours should I build? And I said, and I have of course never talked to him, never seen him in person, never seen a picture of him. And so I said, Olaf, you here's something I want you to look at. And I sent him the link of what I'd ordered. Right. There were, well, you know, it's cool. The Arduino, the Arduino <laughs> kit. So I sent him the Arduino kit, the, the kit on Amazon. And little did I know, not even knowing him, it's like I'm talking to a stranger. He was a programmer years ago and oh, is wow. uh, works for Airbus and uh, is very, very computer savvy. And that's what he does for a living. And so, boy, did I scratch him where he is. When he saw that email, <laughs> awesome. 
I mean, within 15 minutes of reading the email, he'd ordered his Arduino kit. Oh, that's so awesome. So th they come about two days apart. I start working on my Arduino kit. He starts working on his Arduino kit. He's right. excited. I'm excited. So then we started a dialogue. That ended up starting a friendship. Yeah. And uh, he actually came this year from Germany. I know. And spent I, a week with me awesome. this summer and was at the SCBC kickoff. Wow. Um, but uh, he so cool. says he's got two left hands. But he's got a brain that right. must be this big because right. uh, it's he goes past just basic programming. He understands pauses and how to put um, different things into software. And his software is getting very, very complex. Okay. And um, so we've made a great team. I'm kind of the gadget engineering guy and the box mm -hmm. guy. And right. he has done... You know, 90, well, I don't know if 95, but he's probably done 80 to 90% of the programming. I've learned enough programming that mm -hmm. after I get it from him, then I'll read it and I'll want to change a few things. And so I can easily make changes, but he's the guy that sure. raises it, you know, from scratch. So clearly it's been a teamwork with Olaf and I. Okay, cool. Yes, that is. Um, so. If somebody were to buy Arduino, they don't necessarily have to have, like you said, they don't need to have an extensive programming knowledge because you could start small. It's in C++, right? Yes. Okay. But like you said, if you buy, if you want to do one yourself, you could buy the kit and you could sort of maybe do the rudimentary phase of an Arduino for yourself, right? I mean, yes, yes. Okay. You you can buy a kit and it starts you with very very simple let's call them experiments, but okay. very simple things. About um, 20 to 20 to 30 dollars, do we think? Now, now for the kit, ah, I can't remember what I, the okay. Arduino, the Arduino is actually um Oh, there you got one showing it on the Yeah, here's here, so. here's the Arduino right here. Okay. Uh now, this is actually an Arduino brand. Yes. Um, we, right. And the Arduino brand Uno is around $25. Okay. Uh, now, I use a uh, Sunfire. Right. Sunfire, which yeah, is our uh, Arduino type. It's, a, it's an Arduino because this okay. Arduino is a microprocessor okay. open architecture board. Right. And so the Sun Founder, for example, the one of the ones I use is the mm -hmm. Sun Founder. It looks almost exactly like okay. this, but instead of paying twenty five dollars for the Sun Founder, you pay fourteen. Okay. So they, um, but the kit. Oh gosh, Gary, I wish I, I should have looked it up. Well, it's all right. We'll, I, I think we'll the kit's out. maybe around a hundred dollars or something for the whole but thing. But the kit, yeah, the kit mm -hmm. comes with because for the Arduino. You know, to talk to for this Arduino to talk to another mm -hmm. um, sensor, so. you know, okay. you got to have a piece, you got to have a wire, and, and uh, then of course, you uh, want to connect breadboard. Yeah, you want to connect <laughs> everything with a breadboard. And so the Arduino kit comes with a real simple uh, okay. set. I mean, a real rudimentary sensors wires it's really enough to keep you busy for a month or so i mean <laughs> well, it did sure. me and so uh our olaf and i started talking 
And I yeah. go, I tried experiment five. Y'all try that. So we were talking by email, all by email. Wow. And yeah. uh, then he goes, well, you know what? I think if you put a pause in there and I found out and he started doing all this other research. So he loved the software side of things. Cool. And some of the folks that build uh, Arduino geocaches in the United States are mm -hmm. software gurus. I mean, they have really, really, I mean, it can be very sophisticated. Right. I have a couple of my, uh, mine and Olaf's caches. I, I call them mine, but they're mine and Olaf's. Sure. We have a couple caches that have over a thousand lines of code. Wow. Now, all you need to do is leave out one paren. <laughs> Whoops. And it don't work because after you do it, it gives you an automatic little check and you can check your code. And uh, so, I mean, a thousand line of code, it, it really takes a lot, a lot of time. But um, well, the thing, the thing with Arduinos is mm -hmm. the sky is the limit mm -hmm. as far as possibilities. If you can dream it, right. I mean, and this is almost scary, but if you can dream it, you can build it into a geocache Amazing. because if if you can dream it, there's a sensor that will do it. Right. Yeah. So, and our, you know, our, our this this microprocessor board has both digital and analog inputs and uh, outputs. So uh, sensors can either be analog or digital. Okay. So just you know, like well, let me ask you, like think of sensors. Just name sensors that come to mind. Can you think uh, of any kind of he, sensor? Uh, heat. Heat sensor. Heat, yep. Yep. Um, you could do a cache where you got to raise the temperature. How about uh, altitude? Altitude. Like altitude. A, there's. I happen to have a cache called altitude cache. Guess what you got to do? You got to climb. You have to. <laughs> right? You either have to. You either have to climb. Yeah. In fact, this uh, I won't give it away. But you either have to climb, but the climbing can be kind of. Uh, you know, scary. So if you don't feel comfortable climbing, then you can go downhill. So right. what we did, and this is Olaf and I doing FaceTime because we started mm -hmm. brainstorming. Sure. And I told Olaf about this thing that in our county that you could climb. He got all excited. <laughs> and uh, But then I sent him a picture and he goes, I think I would be too scared to climb that. And you don't, so you don't want to put a cash out that people can't do. Yeah. So, the next email I get from Olaf, he had this brainstorm. He goes, hey, why don't we make it a change of altitude? Ah, and I go, yes. Olaf, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So when you open this cache up and you put your batteries in, it yep. says you you have to go up 50 feet or down 50 feet. Right. Well, so I thought, well, that was cool. So I went up and tried it, and it worked great. And then Olaf has a little mean streak in him, and he goes, <laughs> how long did it take you to climb? Oh. And I said, I think I can do it in, like, nine minutes. And he said, why don't we put a timer on it oh my. that you have to complete within 11 minutes? Right. Well, Gary, you're talking about a cool caching experience. <laughs> you open a cache, you put your batteries in. I mean, I mean, also, too, if you really think about what we're talking about here, we're talking yeah. about a cache that is communicating with you. Yeah, That's a is. long way from Tupperware in the woods. Oh, boy, it I is. Mean, <laughs> I mean, this is a long way. In fact, I, I'm going to chase the rabbit here. i got to tell you one story. The other okay. day, 
on one of my caches, I did an update and I didn't do it on purpose. I just mm. got home and I, we had done a software change on one of our caches and we talked about it. And when Olaf was here, he goes, when I get back to Germany, I think I'm going to make this change and I think this will work better. I said, that's great. Let's do that. And so we brainstormed on a little napkin. So he went back and coded it. I down, I brought the cache in, downloaded it. So after I took the cache back out, I wrote something. And after I wrote it, I had kind of an, it was like one of those aha moments. Yeah. Like the sky opened up, you know, <laughs> I wrote, I, I typed on my maintenance note, updated software to the cache today, period, and hit submit. <laughs> and I thought, I just said I updated the software, software. to a geocache. <laughs> and I thought, I never thought I would ever say that I updated oh software in a geocache. So anyway, that's chasing rabbits. So that's go okay. back to this out go back to this altitude cache. So I told Olaf, I said, I think I did it in nine minutes. He goes, let's put a timer on it. <laughs> well now you go up there and you open it and it says you have to increase your attitude or decrease your altitude. And right. so you look at what you gotta climb and you go, Oh, I don't think I'm gonna do that. I think I'm gonna go down the hill. Right. But then the next line on the on the LCD monitor comes up and says, "Oh, by the way, you only have eleven minutes." Eleven minutes. Well, now <laughs> it's like you know, uh, now you're like, "Oh my gosh, we only got eleven minutes!" Yes. And it adds a whole different level of excitement to the geocache. So now you know people go running down the hill or heading up the hill because <laughs> this 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 clock is ticking down. Oh, um, amazing. So altitude, uh, temperature. Um, you know, in a water tank, uh, mm -hmm. you have the sensors up in the top of the water tank that shoot down and hit the water and bounce back up to the sensor. Oh, and it tells wow. you how much how much water is in a tank. Well, how about putting one of those sensors in front mm -hmm. of a cache? Right. And so it actually bounces off you. And so uh, how about making you have to step back five feet and then step forward three feet, then step back eight feet, then come forward. <laughs> so now it looks like you're dancing. Right. So you can have you can have a cache that makes you move. Uh, you can have a cache that you have to use lights on. Mm -hmm. uh, you can uh, have to have a cache uh, that you that senses. I have one that's called fire safety. Mm -hmm. And it uses a sensor that looks for a spectrum of light oh, that wow. is only found in a match. No way. So you have to light the cache on fire. But <laughs> well, then, not the actual have, cache. then we have another sensor that measures resistance. So now you have to put the fire out, theoretically, oh, virtually, right, 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 by right. putting water in a tube. Okay. So... Sweet. If you can dream it, if you can dream up a sensor, you <laughs> now, can in in a way that you can attach it into a geocache. So you now, talk what, about the future yes. the geocaching. I mean, I mean, I I have no idea what's even going to be in store in the next four or five years because there's going to be so many things available to us. Now, now I thought of one because um here in here in uh in greenville uh we have a group and little group of guys we go out slinky mom and i usually always geocache together the two of us um that's kind of our our marriage thing that we do the the two of us we like to go places we just got back from a geo tour uh down in san marcus texas had a great time but 
sometimes the guys go together and I'm thinking, what about a cache where you have to have uh, a group or at least two people that have to, that you have to have, have them work together. Yeah. So like uh, you have, maybe you could call it like twins. Yeah. Well, there's an idea. <laughs> there's an idea. I know you have one yeah. like that. Talk a little bit about yeah. that cash. That's a, that's a cash. It's two birdhouses. <clears throat> and you know, I, I, I would love to do this. I, I can't, in fact, if any of your listeners have ideas, I'd love to have them. I would, wouldn't it be great to have a whole trail that takes teamwork? Oh, that'd be so cool. Because any cash that takes teamwork yes. just is so much more fun. Yes. Um, I have a cash that's a gadget that I have on my YouTube channel. It's called Faster, Faster, Faster. Yes, yes. I love and that one. It's a it's the tube underneath a merry-go-round. <laughs> well, one it. of you have got to sit on there and hold your hand on the cash, yeah. and then the other person has got to spin you. Spin the well, yeah. you know, there's just something about doing a cash with a friend that mm -hmm. makes it so much fun. So Olaf and I was brainstorming, and I don't know which one of us. I think it was maybe me. I came up and I said, "Hey, could we do a radio transmitter between two geocaches?" Yes. And he goes. He says, we can, we can do it. <laughs> and he said, so really we've got a birdhouse. So you find one birdhouse and the two birdhouses are painted very unique, but they're painted exactly alike. Okay. So we try to use, I, you know, I think a cash page makes a big difference in a cash. Yes. And sometimes people take those for granted, but mm -hmm. I think making, putting pictures on your cash page, using different font, changing color, I highlights. Agree. I mean, that adds a lot of pop. Mm -hmm. And so the same way with the box, you know, I don't just now, I used to just paint them. Now I paint them, they're different tones. I'm doing, you know, all these different colors and I'm trying mm -hmm. to make my caches pop. So I've made these two caches. They, they're very different. They look, I mean, the, they're different painting scheme, yeah. but they right. look exactly alike. So uh, we take you to one and then you have to look around and we don't even tell you where the second one is. Oh, so you cool. have to find the other twin. So Neat. you just start looking all around and it's not too hard, but you'll see about 150 feet away. Yeah. You'll see another birdhouse that looks exactly like the one you're standing at. <laughs> so when you go and you power up those two caches, you actually have to have two different people. I mean, you have to have two people. Yeah. It takes teamwork sure. and you have to push a button and you have to count down and you have to push a button at the same time. So most people go, you know, ready, set, go. And they both <laughs> push a button at the same time. And the two caches talk to each other. Wow. And uh, one gives you the north coordinates and one gives you the west coordinates. And then you can go find the last stage. It's a multi, wow. sure. it's a multi cache. Now, on, on, uh, on something like that, well, go, go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, <clears throat> uh, did that uh, incredible idea, but the the um, the process by which the two have to talk to each other, how long did it take to, to get the, I mean, I know the concept's out there for Arduinos, but for you guys, how long did it take you guys to kind of get this to, to actually work completely, do you think? Well, uh, I, I'd say, you know, we always, you can make them 
and yeah. you can build them. You know, I built my mine right here where I'm sitting here talking to you. It's where I built mine right in front of the computer. Right. Because when you take your Arduino, uh, you know, this is a USB uh, connection right here. Right. And so the best way to power your Arduino is just take your USB port, plug it right back into your computer. Okay. But I found out one thing. This Arduino wants 5.5 volts. Well, okay. the the uh, USB port gives it a perfect 5.5 volts. So one of the early things I found was uh -oh. batteries aren't the perfect environment because you can get it you can get it to work and it, maybe it's very sensitive and so you program it and it works great on your computer, but it's a whole different animal when you put it on a set of batteries. Right. And so you're either going to have to you, you know, if you use uh, two double A's, you're going to have to boost. If you use a nine volt, volt. Mm -hmm. it's it's actually going to have to, you're going like to have to, mm -hmm. yeah, it's too much. And so we found out that I was burning through, um, you know, different elements on our Arduino cache because the nine volt was just stressing the, oh. the mm -hmm. Arduino, you know, board. Okay. Um, so, um, that's just one of the problems, but so you, you ask, how long does it take? So when you build it here on the desk, I got it, boy, it was working pretty good. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, it probably took Olaf, I don't know how many hours, five, five hours, maybe to program, maybe it takes you five hours to build. So you build it here and you push the buttons and it works great. Sure. But now you take it and you put it in two birdhouses and then you find out it's not working great. So a lot of times, so then what we ended up having to do was go back to the drawing board time and time again to, to have one cache listen a little longer and the other one transmit. And we had to put pauses in. Right. And there's just different things you have to Little do uh -huh. so that it works well out in the field. Right. Um, so um, I think if I had a guesstimate, and this will scare people to death, but I'd rather be honest. Mm -hmm. I probably spend from, from, from concept to when the cash is ready. I think Olaf and I agree that we're probably somewhere north of 50 hours per cash, per cash, okay. per cash. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you order, I mean, you got a concept and then you order the material and then you get stuff in and then you program and then you put it together and then you got to move it from a breadboard. Then you've either got to solder it together or glue it together and then you've right. got to build a gadget and, you know, maybe the wires, you didn't make the wires long enough. They didn't reach, um, you know, of course, then you got to weatherproof your birdhouses. You know, these things are... Um, you have, they're very fragile. I mean, this is a mm -hmm. microprocessor. So yeah. um, you now have to make them very, very durable. And that's a, a lot of times you can come up with great cash ideas, mm -hmm. but you know, I've got a, dozens and dozens of cash ideas that I can't put out because yes. the idea is not durable enough, yeah. you know, or pieces, you know, somebody can take a piece. Yeah. And you just you just about can't leave a drawer with four critical elements because you know one of those critical elements are going to be missing. Right. So uh, making a cache uh, that's fragile, durable is a challenge. Yeah. Um, now, um, the you're saying maybe fifty hours for uh, for these. Can you 
can you guesstimate how long you think you were taking to do? Oh, something, something like um, I don't know what. what um, I don't know, safe cracker. Well, I was to think some of your, um, some of your caches, I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you wanted, you spent the time, the extra time that you needed was based on uh, making sure, like you said, you're, you're, you've always been very careful to make sure that these caches um, are uh, caulked well, they're painted well, um, they're durable before you even put them out into the field. So, so, in, uh, so how long do you think it would take, you were taking before to do a non well, caches, uh Let's use uh, YouTube examples. Uh, mechanical drawing uses yeah. uh, Etch-A-Sketch. Right. Uh, name that tune uh, yep. uses a xylophone. Yeah, xylophone. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Widget does have a motor in it and yeah. uh, it's a little bit more complicated uh the library right. uh has a motor in it little, uh, that sends um, up antenna. an antenna mm -hmm. um simple ones like like safe uh, mechanical drawing right you know or, or safe cracker safe cracker is a great simple. choice right. for anybody who wants to build a cache a lot of times i'll get people that write me and i do this i mean every week and they'll say man, I really want to do this, but I've never used a saw. Right. Then I'll say, go build, go do safe cracker. Start here. You yeah. find three simple things, program mm -hmm. your lock and man, it's fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you can make it, you can make it a 1.5, 1.5, or you can make it uh, a 1.55. Yeah. Because you hide one of those objects or you get one of those locks I've never done this. I have never thought about being this mean, but you know, they make alphanumeric locks that have five digits now. Oh, I, so I did one like go, that. Okay. So you go to one. Lowe's. Oh, shame on you. I yeah. You. you go to Lowe's, <laughs> you go to Lowe's and buy a five digit alphanumeric lock. You can yes. hide five different things. I, I and, did, uh, yeah, I hid five. Don't do 20 animals. feet, do 30. Yeah. Oh, I did. Yeah. It was, it's difficulty five. And, um, I bought these little um, uh, kitty toys because um, it, it, when you, when I saw yours, it made me think about that. So I bought a little kangaroo and uh, little little play school toys. When you hide them, though, they can be really tough to find if oh. the if the weed if the ground start you know it's in this little it's in the back part of a park and it's yes. in the woods and in the woods you know you've got. Um, Ground cover starts coming up in the summertime, and yeah, it's oh. it's a it's a solid five trying to find those. Now, if you find four, yeah. you can kind of sit there and work your work yourself through the fifth one. But still, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, ideas. those caches. Yeah, those caches. You know, a, a simple one like Safecracker. You know, just three or four hours, right? Two or three hours. Oh yeah. Uh, one like uh, mechanical drawing is really just building a birdhouse and doing a little work on your Etch-a-Sketch, mm -hmm. uh, maybe, um, maybe five, five hours, you know, sure. maybe 10 sure. if you're right. slow. Um, so I think you could probably, but now like widget might take 10 or 15, yeah. I mean, maybe 10, 12, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I'd say an average of five to 10 for a normal gadget is kind of what I would take, but boy, these have taken it to an extreme. And, sure. uh, 
Well, I started these caches, the SCBC caches, I started last September. And I built caches from September and through through about April. Right. So for like six or seven months, mm-hmm. uh, here in West Virginia, we got a lot of snow last year. And I'm blessed to have a little woodworking shop. And I've got a heater out there. And I would just spend hours out there. Uh, building caches and or working here, you know, so I'm kind of a cache builder in the winter. Right. Um, right. Well, I, and you put, you got to be retired. I mean, yeah, you, you know, course. well, you either got to be retired or uh, have your priorities really screwed up. I mean, you know, <laughs> because I mean, if you, awesome. you start spending 50 hours on a cache, uh, you know, there's other things, you know, there's other things in life that are more important to me, but, uh, being retired, it helps keep my brain working. And these Arduino caches have really been fun for me. Uh, and there's a, I have, I had a lot of fun days, you know, it would be snow on the ground and I'd eat breakfast and tell my wife, I'll see you at lunch. And I'd go out (laughs) to the shop or, you know, come up here to the uh, computer desk and work. Uh, but it's just a, it's a passion, something I love doing. But oh, yeah. boy, uh, you know, since uh, April, I haven't thought about building a cache, and you know, really, right now, uh, you know, it's not something I like to do in the summer. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's, it's a wintertime thing for me. Sure. Well, um, and you're talking about building. Uh, how many are on the SCBC trail total? Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen. How uh, many f- are are eleven Arduino? Eleven are smart. Okay. All right. Cool. But, yeah, eleven you know, are smart. And there's a couple, uh, there's one or two, one, one traditional hide and then a couple gadgets. Okay. Well, I mean, pure gadgets, yeah. no mechanics. You don't have to bring your battery. Um, you know, just uh, cute caches. Just, yeah. Well, but you know, if, if somebody wanted to do one, of course they don't have to do a whole geo trail. I mean, if they want to, if they want to spend time putting one out, I mean, that's not to me, I, I don't think that that's an unreasonable amount of time. Because I'm thinking of it in more terms of one or maybe two. So, right. you know, in your case, um, you know, you, you thought about it more from a trail perspective, which is great. Now, um, when you first got the idea, and of course you went to uh, the visitors, to the Martinsburg, uh, visitor to the, the people of Martinsburg, right? And you right. said, CVB. CBB, yeah. yep. Um, and you said, "Hey, I've got a new idea." How how did that whole interaction go with them? Were they like, "Whatever," or were they like, "Are you sure?" Or uh, how? No, they, whole... they uh, actually did a geocaching seminar four years ago. Well, uh-huh. I, I do a geocaching seminar every spring, so there's a commercial. Anybody that's listening, uh, uh, third week of March, uh, I do a geocaching seminar, mm-hmm. and so. Had uh, and we have a lot of people that have never geocached before come to the seminar. They because mm-hmm. I get coverage in the paper yeah. and I got a great article in the paper about geocaching. So the the lady came up to me afterwards and she handed me her card and she said, "Can we talk mm-hmm. sometime next week?" And I said, "Sure." Well, I looked at the card and it mm-hmm. said Martinsburg Convention and Visitors Bureau. Right. And so the very first geo trail they did. Uh, two or three of us uh, that are local geocachers teamed together and we kind of, you know, did five each and we just put uh, Tupperware out 
and we placed them in different places around Berkeley County that were the little villages. Uh, yeah. Berkeley County. The villages, and so we did with the trail trails, villages, it was of called County. villages of Berkeley County. Right. And so we did it. Well, after that, they really liked it. And they liked the idea that it was bringing people into the County. Yeah. And, um, so then that's when I went up to her and said, Hey, I build gadget caches because yeah. the one cache on that trail that had, you know, more favorites than all the others combined was mm -hmm. a gadget that I'd built and donated to the county. Right. And I said, the one that they loved the most was this gadget. And I mm -hmm. said, I will build, you know, 15 of these for you, but I want to own them. If you'll do the coin, I'll build the geocaches I'll right. pay for them. So they even paid for the lock and locks, you know, on the first trail. So right. I said, Hey, how about on this trail? I'll do all the expense. I'll build the geocaches. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll maintain them. I'll change the logs. I'll do everything. Right. I'll find locations. All you've got to do is give away a coin. She goes, boy, this has been great. I love to do that. Mm -hmm. Well, of course that gadgets trail now, the best I can tell is probably, and, and I can't guarantee, but it looks like to me, it's one of the most favorited geo trails in the United States. Oh, it's sure. nearing 5,000 favorite votes Amazing. on just that one trail. So uh, I think it's 46, 4,700 favorite votes. Right. So boy, you talking about, I mean, that's, uh, that's a lot of people walking into the CVB. Right. And I always tell cash builders this, they go, how'd you do this in Berkeley County? And, and I always tell people, you can't put out one great cash and have people get off the interstate to find one great cash. Right. You might not be able to bring people off the interstate to find two great caches, maybe mm -hmm. not three or four. But when you put 15 yes. or 20, like right. I have here, yeah. because there's a lot of my caches that I had out that are still in West Virginia's top 10s that aren't even on a trail, like the library and mechanical mm -hmm. drawing and widget. and uh, You know, a lot of those caches that are my early caches. Right. Uh, people, so when you build... Uh, a whole host of caches then people come there yep. to cash and that's kind of what happened with gadgets and so you take my my base and then you add gadgets to it uh it was great the cvb loved it and they were selling hotel rooms every night and here our hotels i mean our cvb mm -hmm. is funded by 50 percent of the hotel tax oh very cool so the more people that come in and stay overnight in Berkeley County, the higher the revenue the CVB gets. Yep. And so when you're a geocacher and you're trying to work with your visitors bureau, one of the questions is say, how do you get your funding? Because yes. if you can scratch them where they itch, yes. then, and guess what we did on the gadgets of Berkeley County? We put out a night cache. Oh, yes. So all the local people, can come and and I told him I said now all your local people are going to take a coin and you're not going to get any cash benefit from it and they go right. yes we understand that yeah. I said but if we can put out a great trail and somebody's coming from Ohio or Kentucky or Colorado or Seattle yeah. they're going to have to stay overnight because they've got to get that night cash night cash and they love that idea yeah. and I put a kind of a unusual night cash and it was really cute and so that trail you know it kind of, right. it kind of put us on the map. So, so gadgets of Berkeley put us right. on the map.
so so then so then you came you came to them last year and you said I'm going to put out these smart caches and now when you did that um, how did you incorporate the smart caches of Berkeley County into because we've talked about this before where you started to get once you got rolling you started to get people who were like I want a cash on my property. And then you're like, I can't put one on your property. It's too close to another one. So how did you determine, um, how, or how did you incorporate the smart caches of Berkeley County into Berkeley County? Well, we had, we did gadgets and then we did mysteries. In fact, yeah. then in fact, on mysteries, now the CVB came to me mm-hmm. and said, Hey, we're going to do another trail next year. <laughs> and I go, would well, you want to? And they go, yes, please. Yes. We'd love to. Yeah. And so then after that trail, then they come up, you know, uh, this was over a year ago now. And they go, what are we going to do next? And I go, I'm <laughs> going to do one more. So I've, I, pro- I told him that I am not doing another one in 2017. Right. I said, I just can't, I need a year off. Yeah. So I don't think I'm going to do one in 2017, but sure. the trail, whatever does come out in 2018 is going to be amazing. Cause now I've got a long time <laughs> to put some fabulous caches together. Oh, um, that's awesome. but, um, now businesses, you know, these businesses all start talking. Mm-hmm. And I get invited to the Rotary Club and I work with the Chamber of Commerce. And then, of course, our CVB is so encouraging. And so now uh, geocaching is uh, the largest tourism draw for Berkeley County. And- so we bring more people <laughs> for overnight stays in Berkeley County than anything else. But that you can't brag too much because I don't have a state park. We don't have a national park. Right. We don't have whitewater rafting. You know, I don't have a new Rivers Gorge Bridge. I mean, some of the the big things in West Virginia we don't have right here in Berkeley County. Sure. Uh, but we do have geocaching. Oh, and so, so we've become a caching <laughs> destination from people all over the world. I mean, uh, so we've amazing. had people probably from 20 countries here this summer. Uh, last year, we kept they keep track of everybody walks in the visitor center, fills out a little card. Sure. And I think last year we had people from 42 states. So uh, if you want to go geocaching and you love gadgets and you really want great caches, mm-hmm. there's really no better place to vacation. And right. your dollars are going to go a long way mm-hmm. here because hotel rooms aren't that expensive. The cost of living, you know, your food's not going to cost you a fortune. It's not like going to Manhattan. Yeah. Um, and if you love, if you love geocaches, uh, this is where you kind of want to come and spend a weekend. Yes. Now, and, <clears throat> and businesses love it. I mean, now businesses mm-hmm. are calling the CVB and say, Hey, can you have that geocache guy call me? And so there's local hotels going up here. Now there's a new Marriott going in oh, cool. and it's not going to open. Not, it's not even going to open for months. They've already called the CVB and said, Hey, can we get one of those uh, things that you hide? <laughs> I mean, they don't even know what they're called, but all the other hotels, and different business forums have said, we've got a geocache on our property. And yeah. so the Marriott's already said, hey, we want, we want a geocache on That's our property. Awesome. Incredible. And so we, we almost kind of have like a waiting list now of people that really want people. So businesses here not only expect to see geocachers on their property, they enjoy having geocachers on their property. Oh, yeah. That's incredible. Well, um, 
are you planning on going down to Waynesville, North Carolina next year? Yes. Yes. I hope okay. to. Okay, good. Yes. I, 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 like to, I do hope to go to North Carolina. Like to My son lives person. in that, not far from Asheville. So, Oh, okay. Great. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to, I think I'm for sure going to be in uh, North Carolina. Oh, good, good. Well, yes, uh, uh, Slinky Mom and I are going to make the trip over. And then uh, we're wanting to make it up to your area, you know. So I don't know how far it is from Waynesville, North Carolina to Martinsburg, West Virginia. But we may have to make a loop around, come up there for a while. I think it's probably going to be probably uh, seven, eight hours. Is it? Okay. Well, we'll, Uh, we're going to work it out, work it out one way or the other, but. Yeah, in fact, I think next summer I'll probably see a little uh, uptick in uh, fines yes. around you at Woodstock. Um, it won't People, be like Woodstock was uh, uh, yeah, you know, when it ago. was here, when it was in Maryland. Uh, yeah. I had, uh, on that Saturday, uh, I had uh, over 10,000 uh, fines <laughs> on that one, on, on Saturday. Which, which and I read every single, single log. <laughs> I know. I did. I did. That. That's 10,000 emails. Yes, it took me hours, but I thought anybody always say that if you find a great cash, you ought to take the time to thank yes. the cashier and write a nice log. Well, oh, the cash nice. owner owes it to the, you to read that log. Oh, and okay. so mm-hmm. uh, I, I take pride. I read every single log and enjoyed every one of them. That's wonderful. Yeah, but I it, it was, I have learned from you. I, I make sure and I read every cash, even though some of them are not very good. Like you said, I'm I'm got to give them my respect that they did the geocache and they wrote something. I'm going to read it, and hopefully they're good. Yeah, and, and a lot of them are good. That's a whole other show, but um, that's another show. There's a whole show. that's a whole topic there. But they can be very sensitive. Yeah. Yes, but you know what? It, what's funny about that is I have become more in tune with. Uh, even though I've owned caches for years, but I've in you know this is something you've also. Uh, inspired me to do. And that is um, somebody's going to read it probably. And so I need to write better when I find a cache. Right. I, I need to write at the very least. I need to, even if it wasn't the greatest cache in the world, I want to at least tell a small snippet of a story as to why maybe I was there. Give them something to, to you know, as a cash owner, you know, that's something that I try to instill in others is like, okay, maybe, maybe my, you know, my little lock and lock at the bottom of a tree, maybe it wasn't the greatest thing in the world or it was easy. Don't say it was an easy find. Tell me why you, why are you in town? Why are you here? You know? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I I love people's logs. I, and I, and I get some finders that write such great stories. I, and I see their log come in. I can't hardly wait to read it. Uh, That's wonderful. So sometimes it's not, and I, and I do it quite often. I'll send thank you notes for the logs I get. And my wife (laughs) says, you don't need to do that. They're sending you a thank you note, thanking you for the cash. So it's a thank you note for a thank you note. And I go, I don't care. I still appreciate it. You know? (laughs) Well, I, I I appreciate you being on the show tonight and, and telling uh, all this uh, cool stuff about these smart caches and, Arduino. Uh, it, it's just, it's fascinating to me and I might just have to go get me a small one and start, start playing with it and just learning a little bit. You got to start, it. you got to start somewhere. <laughs> start right. with one, start with one. So, uh, again, thank you so much, Tim, for being on. So, um, normally I do a product review of the week, uh, at this point. Um, 
not going to do one this week. But what's interesting about the my product reviews of the week, they're sponsored by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app. It can be found at cach.ly. And the reason I say that is because next week I'm going to have on Nick Hubbard, the inventor, as we call him, uh, the programmer, uh, the man who invented uh, Cashly, the Cashly app. So um, Nick will be on next week uh, on uh, show number 14. Show number 15 on September 18th, we'll have um, Joshua Johnson. Uh, and I'm calling this, his show The Double Secret Trip. He actually told people where he's going. He's, he's actually there now. He's in South Korea. Uh, and so uh, they have an event set up, Tim, for him. I think he had three people that are going to be at the event. But, hey, at least he's got a little event set up uh, in South Korea. And, of course, he'll cash while he's there. But I think he's there, obviously, for his, uh, for his work. But kind of neat that Joshua got to go to uh, South Korea. Um, so he's going to be on the show in a couple of weeks. We're going to talk about that. Uh, his trip. And then in three weeks on September 25th, I have actually a pre-recorded show, but um, it's going to come out on that date. Um, it's uh, number, show number 16 was Michelle Weidenbenner. Um, she wrote, uh, she's an author. She wrote um, Cash a Predator and she wrote um, a, a fairly new book um, in, in her um, series, um, uh, The Little Girl. Why can't, why is it, why am I, Eclair, Eclair goes geocaching. She wrote a, a book about that. And we're going to talk about uh, her books. We're also going to talk about people um, writing down uh, kind of in a journal form. Uh, maybe you can even make it into a book, but write, write down what you learned and what your experiences are geocaching so that um, you might be able to use that, um, um, you know, experience for the, um, if you want to make a book out of it, that, that'd be fine. But uh, more just to kind of maybe just kind of coalesce in your mind. Why is it that, you know, what is geocaching, what is geocaching teaching you um, personally? So we, we're going to talk about that on the, on the show, on show 16. But anyway, um, again, uh, Tim, thanks again for being on tonight. Wait, just one thing. Tell Nick yeah. next week, uh, Cashly's now my go-to app. Oh, that's awesome. I love that program. I just found it uh, a month or so ago, and boy, he, he's done a fabulous job. I love that. I love that app. So oh, thank wow. him for me. I will. I Tell will. him he's got that's a fun. fan. Tell him <laughs> he had a fan on the week before. Yes, I will tell him that. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm a, I, I'm a huge fan. Uh, as well. And so, and I got to meet Nick out in, in Denver and uh, got to spend a little time with him and it was, it was great fun. He's a neat guy. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk, talk cash a little bit. It'll be fun. So I will, I will pass on your words, uh, Tim, to him. And I'm sure that's, uh, that's uh, wonderful. Some high praise there uh, about uh, Cashly. So um, thank you again. Well, um, any any other last words? I'm going to wrap up here, Tim. Anything else? No, I'm good. Ask? Hey, thank you for having me. You bet. I, I always appreciate when you have a West Virginia country boy on here. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, being currently in East Texas, you know, we uh, we're we're far apart, but yet uh, it seems like we're not really that far apart uh, in in the in the world. Uh, and so, just know that West Virginia has influenced Greenville, Texas, and the caches <laughs> out there. I've got. Uh, some birdhouses and some uh, my little uh, other 
uh, my little uh, sundial cache is all uh, you know influenced by West Virginia. So again, good for you. That. Good for you. <laughs> Okay, well, that's uh, thank you so much. Well, we hope you enjoy the show tonight. Uh, email, email me your comments at geocachetalk at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at geocachetalk and Facebook at facebook.com slash geocachetalk. Show can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, as well as the Geocache Talk website. Uh, tell your friends about the show uh, and ask them to subscribe so they too can hear the show on a weekly basis. And until then, do like Tim and don't just talk about geocaching, but actually go out and do geocaching. So that's the way to do it. Good night, everyone. Gonna spend the day with my friends. Hey